This is Terror House Radio with Matt Forney and Brighton Proctor. Yeah, welcome to a Terror House Radio episode number 77. I'm Matt Forney, we're charming in the Quaker Coast. Chief of Terror House Press with me, as always, is co-host and occasional producer, the world's only comedian, Brighton Proctor. <laughs> hey, you gotta, you know, if I was producing this, we'd be able to hear you over the music when it comes in. Just so you know, instead of, hi, this is Matt Forney, hi, hi. Well, this is well, this is our last week on Streamyard. So it's our last week know. doing the podcast, everybody. <laughs> last, last, last week on Streamyard. So you'll be happy about that, and we'll be fixing that kink when I get back on OBS. Uh, speaking of which, our guest for this program is Bad Billy Pratt, writer, uh, tweeter, and the author of Welcome to Hell, which you can buy now from Terror House Press. Links are in the description. Billy, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you guys for having me. Um, it's been it's been a while, Matt. This is actually the first time you and I have ever spoke, which is yeah. um, cool, you know, considering I published, uh, you know, a few months ago on your on your platform. It's you all know, downhill you... from here, man. <laughs> yeah, we did a, we, we we did a written interview back when the book uh, launched. Um, I completely forgot to link that in the description. I'll put it in then afterwards. But uh, yeah, this is our first time uh, speaking on a podcast or anywhere else. Now. I imagine a lot of the audience does know who you are, but I always do this with a first-time guest just so you know we can start off on the right foot. So for those in the audience who don't know who you are, Billy, this is for the benefit of people who don't know who you are, Billy, just give a brief overview of yourself, your work, that kind of that kind of thing. Sure. Um, I started a blog, uh, now it's like six years ago, called killtoparty.com. Um, at first, I think it kind of came out of the manosphere. It was very much focused on like, you know, figuring out women and what modern women, what does that even mean? What is a modern woman? Um, and over the course of, you know, months and month after month, putting out blogs and essays, and I got more, uh, I, got to, I got to thinking more about my own life. And you know, how does all of this progressivism, even though we reject it consciously, we hate it so much, how does it really affect us? You know, what what kind of memes were like just embedded in our souls from having grown up in, in a world that, you know, we could joke about as hell, but a world that uh, is, is very, very off center from where it should be, very degenerate and all that. Like how much of, of that did we internalize? And I thought that became more interesting than you know, just beating up on women. Wow. I mean, is it? <laughs> well, <laughs> if you've read my book, you tell me. I I, I think it is. Nah, um, I don't. I don't think that it's. You know, just shy. You join the ranks of you know, like Sean Connery and John Lennon and. You know, all the greats that used to beat up on women, you know? <laughs> uh, Chris Brown. Chris Brown. Uh, Ike, Ike Turner. Yeah. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. <laughs> he did a little more than beat him. Oh, War Machine. War Machine beat the shit out of a porn star. He's like, that sounds like a Catholic thing to do, you know? I think well, the I mean, manager think... is just in denial of... Um, how any of this affects us. And I think that, I think I kind of started from that, that point. Yeah, there's a, I mean, you said you got started six years ago. I mean, I, 
I guess I could lay claim to being one of the founders of the Manosphere, a uh, very dubious distinction at this point since I started <laughs> around 2009. Um, wait, wait, hey, dude, Matt, just because you're a man that's sphere shaped, it doesn't mean you founded the Manosphere. <laughs> God, was... But yeah, there's there, there's a sort of there's a sort of gravitas in your writing that. Uh, does harken back to the to, I, I i like to say the good old days um i was on uh new uh, you were on new right and i was on new right recently the podcast where uh the host uh asked us about the manosphere to literature pipeline well they asked me about it um around 2013 i'd say was when it was kind of kind of on the way out like now the term manosphere if you hear it at all is pretty much associated with grifters you know gr people who just want to to make money like, have you seen this trend on Twitter recently? I'm sure you both have. Like, the the guy's like, oh, you see this. It's a picture of a beautiful woman like, a bridge or in a supermarket. He's like, you see this woman walking by. How do you approach? And then the reply under it is, uh, if you want to learn how to approach, check out my Gumroad course. How do you open? <laughs> hey. Right. Hey, bug women in the in the uh, shopping, uh, you know, aisles. That's that'll That'll work. That's a good one. Just go up there and be like, oh, you too like Funyuns? That's, you need to pay to learn those types of things. I'll offer it. I'll offer them up on my gum road uh, and it'll be, what are you doing? Episode one, what the hell are you doing? Talk, quit bugging women. You're ugly. Stop bugging women, you <laughs> ugly fuck. I mean, I thought Roosh really, um, there, there was a time when I, I was, I read Day Game and I was like, the whole time just horrified. And I like that Roosh, I mean, Roosh, if you want to call him the original grifter at, at one point in time, maybe that's true. But he's very upfront with day game, like having like a very low percentage of, of success. And he has it in his book. And I was like, I respect this guy because that's honesty. I like I like how he basically compared it to like how elderly people talk. Like if you've ever run <laughs> into like an old person and they'll just start chatting you up about random shit. He's like, yeah, just talk to women like that. That's that's the way to go. Where's the pet store? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, this neighborhood used to be all orange groves until the Italians moved in. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't like that whole thing. Like, ah, oh, just go talk to. No, if it's like at a place where people are social, like a, a bar or a concert or you know anything, that makes sense. But if you're just bugging people in the grocery store, you're a fucking demon. And like, don't you know? Nobody likes being at the grocery store, especially now. It's all like tense a lot of the time, and there's too many people. It's awful. You wish you had gone in the morning, but you're lazy. Don't bug people at the store or on the street. Good God. If I'm walking somewhere, why would why would I want to be talked to? You know, and I'm a man. Nobody's gonna pop out of the bushes and rape me. So you're so, telling so you're telling me, Brian, that like if a hot woman just started chatting you up on the street, you wouldn't be fine with that? No. One, I have a girlfriend. Two, that's gonna you're be gay. a guy. You're no, it's gay. gonna be a guy. <laughs> All right, dude, have fun. But I'm telling you, there's you traveled all across Europe. You're you're not at least suspicious. You wouldn't go, oh, she's gonna take a kidney. Her buddies are waiting <laughs> in the fucking around the dumpster there to mug me. Nah, there's something yeah, that wrong would with be that. Weird, but we're talking about a hypothetical here. Also, you're not in those countries, so you're in America, which is safe and first. Is it? Is it? Is it safe, Matt? 
Not if you work at like Nordstrom <laughs> or the Louis Vuitton store. Those people are fucked. Now, if I recall correctly, and uh, Matt, maybe maybe you remember, there was a Manosphere tactic back then where um, I think uh, the guy who used to go by Tyler Durden, I think he goes by Owen now. Owen um, Cook is his real name, yeah. Owen Cook, he, he advised that you hit women with your cart in the supermarket oh as, a, as a means to open. <laughs> you know, nothing starts a relationship off better than physical abuse. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a horrible fucking idea. That but you know what? A... The manosphere was so much more exciting back then, and it's just it's not was a... anymore. Yeah, it's that not guy, anymore. That guy was a that guy was a legit psychopath. I mean, that that explains what happened to a real social dynamics. There's the one guy who worked for them who was going around uh, Tokyo, being like, "Oh, you can grab girls' crotches and call them Pikachu when they like it," and like he video himself doing this. And only if you're a star. Giggling. Well, and it's like, yeah, they're giggling because in Japan. That's how people react. Like they're non-confrontational. They're deeply embarrassed inside that you did this to them, but they're going to giggle because that's what Japanese people do. And that guy ended up getting himself banned from Japan. So in Japan, they just let you do it. Grab him by the pussy. But yeah, that I mean, there was there was a lot of that stuff going on. Some of it was interesting. Some of it was weird. Some of it was cringe. Some of it was cool. I mean, it's gone now. Um, it's all just uh, like I said, those grifters on 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 Twitter who are like, buy my Gumroad course, featuring stuff I stole from the Mystery Method circa two thousand seven. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gone. I think it I think it died when the rules were written. And I, I have a theory. I don't even know if it's my theory, but. I have a theory that once the rules are written for something, it's over. So like once it became like there was a manosphere doctrine and it wasn't just guys kind of having this ongoing conversation, figuring things out, it was just over with. And if you try to post on any manosphere board, my, my personal one is the red pill on Reddit. Um, if you, if you go against any doctrine, if you have any nuanced thought, any idea that isn't within their commandments, like, Oh, you don't lift your blue pill, this and that downvoted to oblivion i mean just that alone it's just over you know well I, I i have a variation on that when the books start coming out that's when it's over i mean the manosphere was to a certain extent tied into like the whole tim ferris four-hour work week thing like that circle of internet grifters um and here's the reality a bunch of people bought that book thinking that they would have their own four-hour work week they'd be cheating the rules to become successful Except here's the thing. If you actually have a method like that, you don't reveal it until it's on the way out. Like by the time Tim Ferriss actually got the book deal for the four-hour work week, the four hour work, the, the tactics he talked about in that book for making money were no longer viable. Um, to a certain extent, that applied to uh, stuff like the mystery method and whatnot. And also the iPhone just you know killed things. Like the idea of just right. randomly approaching someone, that was viable in like the 90s and the 2000s. But when sure. smartphones came around, people became a lot more closed in and uh, suspicious of uh, of uh, rapists, ra random people, rapists. Okay, feminist. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the guys you're talking about apparently just plow their carts into random women at the store and then go, "Well, that'll get me fucked." That's there's a that's a there's a short walk from plowing your cart into somebody going this is a great conversation starter and going why don't i just skip all of this and go to their house 
Well, I mean, back you know before smartphones, um, you kind of had to talk to random people to get through your day. Like, Wait, hold on. And this is again something else that I think I'm I'm on the right track here. I think I'm understanding it better than most. Are you saying before everybody had a camera in their pocket, <laughs> this was easier? I was thinking more positively before the invention of things like Google Maps and whatnot. Like, if you were in an unfamiliar place, like circa 2003, you would probably stop to ask someone for directions instead of whipping out your phone because there was no phone back then. And that guy might have been a creep and whipped out his penis. This is... <laughs> It all sounds bad. Everything I've ever heard about it just sounds dumb. I, mean, I, like did, I did. When I was a kid, I did once witness a guy masturbating on the New York City subway. So well, yeah, I see your point. Everybody's seen a guy masturbating on a train. Okay, that's just part of living in a city. I agree with Seth Rogen on that one. But you know, I just I don't know. Everything I've ever heard about it has been weird. Like, what's the one thing where yeah, it was like, hey, just jump in front of women and yell. That was yet stopping, and that guy was exposed as a fraud. Now, he was paying women to appear in his videos. Oh, the first YouTube huh. prank gone sexual guy then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, Tinder Tinder really killed it. If smartphones didn't kill it, Tinder killed it. And I think it's because, like, when you approach a woman, she, even if she doesn't realize it, is judging you against her, like, whole social circle. And before Tinder, her social circle maybe had, like, six guys you know, in Tinder now, the whole world is her social circle. She has like 50 matches, you know, so and she's not going to give people on Instagram telling her oh, how they suck a fart out of her ass. Definitely. So, I mean, like she has all of this stuff. She's not going to even like let you open enough to even start a conversation. Well, you got to run a shopping cart into her, into her ankles. So it's the last resort. Well, I think the logic behind that, like the whole logic behind, like, say, Rouge's day game was like, no woman wants to, like, tell, wants to say, where did you meet your husband? Oh, in a bar. Like, no one, no one, no one romanticizes that. You know, like, they're more likely to romanticize, right. like, a random encounter at the bookstore or something. Yeah, but it's I mean, never a random encounter at the bookstore. It's some guy who was like, you know where you can get chicks? The bookstore. You know, like, oh, we met at the roller rink. Like, dude, all of that was just your dad wanted to go and get some pussy, and then he got your mom pregnant, and then it's like, yeah, it's a cute fucking story. No, I just happened to go with some friends. We met at Kirk, we met at Cook County Circuit's Court. <laughs> it, it's, you know, I don't, I don't believe in any of that shit. It's dumb. I don't know. I hate all of this. It's just. But you will I like mean, if she well, likes you, though, she's going to believe whatever story she wants to believe. You know? Yeah, like, I've got a gun. Get in the van. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you find this, if you've got a question for Billy, Brian, or myself, streamlabs.com slash Terrorhouse Magazine, and we'll read your comments later on the show. Um, yeah, to kind of move forward, um, you've, you've talked a lot about this in uh, Welcome to Hell. Given an introduction to Welcome to Hell and and sell and sell it to the audience. If you haven't already bought this brilliant book, buy it. It's available from Terror House Press. Uh, why should people buy Welcome to Hell? Um, people should buy Welcome to Hell because I have read it 50 times and can tell you that it's awesome. Um, it's uh, part memoir, part 
pop culture analysis. I kind of interweave the two. I kind of um, take a look at my life and heartbreaks I've suffered. You know, I take a look at love and philosophical issues. Um, think about getting older. Um, what it's like to get older as me and myself. What it's like to get older as a woman. And I think the thesis is that um, something went very wrong at some point in time. And um, we're kind of on this trajectory that makes a happy ending very difficult. Yeah, you've talked a lot about the first essay kind of goes over this. It's something I really related to. Uh, you talked about how you missed the vote on marrying young and how you might have been happier if that happened, because I was in a similar situation when I was in my uh, uh, early 20s. Uh, and all of us, well, not all of us, but a lot of us are sort of on this trajectory towards, I guess, irrelevance. Like a lot of you talk a lot about uh, the works of Delicious Tacos and his influence on your work. <laughs> this is something that he goes over in the pussy, uh, not overtly, but it's kind of I discussed this in my review. The initial entries are him talking about like, oh, you know, the hookups he's having, the, you know, the drug binges he's going on. And, but by the end, you've got like the sort of uh, just resign. He's resigned himself to the fact that he's, you know, he's going to be working harder and harder and having sex with fewer and fewer women. You know, um, as he puts it, I'm human garbage. I pay taxes and vote. If you want to get laid, you have to get famous in a way that women understand music, money or murder. Um, and I get a lot of the same vibe from your work in terms of like, uh, you know, it goes back to the title, Welcome to Hell. This is this is kind of just the fate that the environment that we're in. And I mean, is I, I think we could romanticize the grass is greener marrying young. But I mean, I don't I don't know about you, but I have definitely a friends who did that. And I'm sure they romanticize experiences I've had. You know, I think it. I think it goes both ways. I think it's very difficult to, um, it's very difficult to find contentment or happiness. You know, and it it sucks. And I don't want you know young people to really uh, internalize that and, and give up. But no, uh, it should. is true that I mean the world around you kind of needs to comply to an extent for for individual happiness and i feel like the world stopped complying when you know I, I, gradually as the promiscuity taboo kind of you know went went further and further away man even if you were getting pussy every goddamn day you'd still be a miserable son of a bitch don't lie to everybody else. you can lie to everybody else you can lie to me don't lie to your fucking self both of you sad sap motherfuckers all right <laughs> life is a miserable fucking thing existence itself is brutal hard and then you're gonna die without any explanation of why it was so brutal and hard it's a horrible thing i fucking hate it pick up a hobby and by a hobby i mean some type of addiction at least smoke cigarettes you know it's the only thing you get. Like, figure it out. Figure it out. This is you. It's a little mopey, even for me. I was gonna say, I was afraid you weren't gonna jump in there with your usual Niles and Brian, but damn, you didn't let me down there. Well, you know, at least I've got a hobby. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> there are worse hobbies, I guess. There are worse hobbies, like running shopping carts into women at the store. <laughs> I thought you won't let that go. 
Well, it's the weirdest shit that I have heard today. That know? guy was that guy was always a weirdo. I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely it's definitely the weirdest shit. But I get where he's coming from. Where it well, does set I, up the meat. It sets up the meat cute. Women need like cute. Matt was She's saying like, before. Women want you, the meat cute. Have you ever had Have you ever had a shopping cart hit the back of your ankles? It's awful. <laughs> I'm sure he meant to tap. I'm pretty I sure I have, and I forgot about it. It's pretty bad, dude. It's pretty bad. It's normal people don't obsess over things like that happening to them. No, it no, no. Happens, no it it hasn't happened. Maybe, maybe it's because your ankles are so hefty. But like, I, I'm telling you, it's not great. It's not a great thing. It, it'll it'll hit the back of it, and it hits right where your damn like tendons that back there are, and you're like ah, and you're like ah, this stinks. Uh, it's 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 fucking horrible. Well, maybe the reason you obsess over it, Brian, is because you have you have stick figure limbs, and if someone drove uh, a cart into your ankles, you just fall right on your ass and break something. Right. So you just did the opposite of my joke, but worse. Got it, Matt. Killing the game. So anyway, it hits you right in the tendon. Okay, and then the thing is, you're walking as well. So it goes up. The bar hits it. It's a whole thing. Knocks you off. You're you're like ah, you know, do this, and you look back, and then there's some guy who's like. Let me fuck you. Like, that's, you know, no. There's worse things like shopping cart stuff. That's, you know. I think that if, if I recall correctly, like that guy was written about in the game and he tried to kill himself. So, what is he game? tried to kill himself? I did not know that. If I recall, the game, the book by Neil Strauss, did the memoir of his experience in the seduction community. Like, Owen Cook was like one of the designated villains of the story because he was uh, depicted as a just a sociopath. Um, and I remember a video I did circa 2014 where he's like, your girlfriend's a fucking slut. She gets fucked all the time. She takes trips with guys just to fuck them. She gets paid to, you know, she's been a prostitute. She's been in threesomes. She sucked five dicks in a row and that's okay. It's like, no, that's not okay. It's also not really true. Weirdo. <laughs> hey, whatever people want to do, I guess, as long as it's not shopping cart shit, man. I don't know. All of that shit. Everything I know about the whole, like, uh, pickup artist, Manosphere. Like, who was that famous pickup artist who had the fucking TV show with the giant hat? Mystery. Mystery. Dude, that shit is so fucking gay. <laughs> it's like, hey, dress like one of the fucking Lost Boys and don't call women ugly. I think he's married to kids now, so. Oh, good for him. He's 50. He fucking better be if he was still out there at the bars trying to pick up on young pussy. Be weird. I mean, if that show, if if the whole mystery thing teaches you anything, it's how different things were then, and how much easier if you had a little bit of knowledge of how things really worked, how much easier your life was. I mean, and that's like what ten years ago. That's not a long time. It's it's well, pretty crazy. If I recall correctly, his whole shtick was that he was a magician. So, like, the whole wearing the fruity pimp hat with the pierced soul patch kind of worked for him. Didn't work for other people, but it worked for him because he was all do. He was on that whole pendulette. Uh, who's that other guy with the magic tricks? Uh, uh, other oh, magicians? David, David Blaine? Blaine uh, Chris Angel? Was, no, there's some, guy, like... there's, no, there's some other guy who... who uh, James Randy. That's who I was thinking. James, uh, James Randy debunks fake psychics. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's he was also a magician. So Right. Well, he prefers to start the term conjurer. Well, preferred. He's dead now. Okay, but he was a conjurer. Yeah. Wasn't Mystery also like 6'5"? I yeah, just looked it up, number. yes. That, and he's exactly 50. that helped 50. a little bit. 
Yeah, right? yeah. What a freak. Like, with that hat, dude, like, how's it getting to any doors? <laughs> but that, that, like, splash graphic of his show where he has the two guys next to him, and those are, like, the pickup gurus that you're supposed to be, like, taking notes as you watch, and they're guys who, if they were in any environment today, would be absolute incels looking like that. It's unreal. And yeah. these are the guys who, like, you're supposed to emulate. But that's 2010 before Tinder compared to now. And I was starting to notice that it was getting getting bad around that time because that was two years into the iPhone. Because what happened is that people would go – people used to make plans, like – in advance, like remember that, like making plans like a few days ahead of time. Oh yeah, let's all meet at the bar on on Friday on Friday at seven, um, you know. And then you 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 you'd hold that plan, or maybe you know, you'd call in advance like a day, like sorry, bro, I can't make it. And like girls would do that shit as well. So you'd show up with maybe a couple friends. They'd have a couple of friends, and people would generally be more social. Now what happens? Someone goes to the bar. They text all their friends and then like 10 people show up and they just don't want to talk to anyone. There was a huge shift in social interaction uh, that occurred with the smartphone. And that made that kind of that kind of lifestyle that the PUAs advocated like not viable. I'm pretty sure people still make plans, man. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but like, you know, it wasn't as easy. Um. I mean, are you talking like pre-internet? I mean, yeah, pre pre smartphone. Uh, well, still, they still had the internet, and like everybody my age when I was young was like talking on Facebook and shit, or texting even, you know. Well, Facebook, like I said, came around the same time as the iPhone, so. Mm, I it, eh, I guess I mean, but not everybody had a smartphone. Like I didn't have a smartphone for a fucking long time. I went, uh, it, it was like twenty. Probably like 19 to 20. I didn't even have a phone. I was like, phones are gay. I'm going to do acid. And like, you know, didn't have a phone. Yeah, as, as one you like that it was like that episode of Seinfeld where like Elaine's dating the poor guy. Yeah, I was broke. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just didn't I didn't need a phone. I was like, ah, you know, I know where to go to work and when, you know, I'd write down my schedule on a piece of paper, keep it in my wallet. And that was good. Yeah, that's another example. Like, uh. You had to memorize people's phone numbers back then, and you could. Yeah. Now you can't. I can't. I I couldn't even tell you my own phone number off the top of my head, much less Bryden's or anyone else's. Uh, you know, uh, whereas I had all that information very easy. That was very easy to uh, to keep in my brain before the smartphone came along, because you had to remember people's phone numbers. So you always, you couldn't immediately conjure them up on your phone um, at a moment's notice. Yeah, I still remember phone numbers from like when I was 10, you know, like my best friend's phone number when I was like 12. Oh, and what was that? My best friend's phone number, like as a kid, like I yeah, still, yeah, that's yeah. in my brain, but I couldn't tell you like the people I talk to now, like the first digit of their phone number. Yeah. And what was it? What was it? What was that number? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a call. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, you don't have to remember that shit. I could tell you uh, my phone number. I mean, like, I remember it, but that's the only one that I remember. But I know mine, at least. You should know your phone number, Matt. I can't remember it for the life of me. Well, part you of should. it is just, you know, part of it is just that I've switched, like, phone numbers, like, five times in the past couple of years. So, yeah, but write it down, you know, 
on your hands. I might be able to memorize this one. I've had this phone number for about a year now. Wow. It's just important. You're going to need that at some point. You're going to be like, oh, no. I don't know my own phone number. And they're going to be like, all right, put them on the train. This one's retarded. <laughs> well, it's like everyone down here uses like WhatsApp, so it's not that important. I'm telling you, it's probably an important thing to remember, man. I don't know. You do whatever you want. I thought people who are like just cheating on their spouses use WhatsApp. But maybe that's like my old person perspective on it. Oh, no, it is that and um, domestic terrorists is pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. I, thought domestic, I thought domestic and, terrorists use signal. Yeah. And, and like drug dealers and stuff. So, yeah, no, it's it's shady bullshit is what it is. And it's still got a backdoor in the CIA and all of that and FBI and all that. Anyway, it's yeah, I don't trust any of that crap. Well, it seems like everybody uses these apps outside of the U.S. Like in Mexico, it's WhatsApp pretty much exclusively. Like in Europe, it's either WhatsApp or Viber or Telegram. Nobody uses like actual phone texting in these places for some reason. Is it because hmm. the other ones go through Wi-Fi? That might be it. It might also be the fact that data here is cheaper than texts. Ah. Are you still like paying per text? Uh, you get like a hundred texts like a month on most plans, but like what? you get like a gigabyte uh, or three gigabytes of data. That's still wild. It's it's unlimited text, unlimited data, it's unlimited calls. I've never seen I've never seen a place that has like unlimited texting. What in Mexico or in Europe? That's wow, wow. And you That's... get like a hundred phone minutes too. What so year just... is it? In what year is it there? Seriously. What the fuck? You can get unlimited data, but you can't get unlimited phone. You can't get unlimited text. Huh. That's bizarre. And I hear they drive on the wrong side of the road in a lot of these countries as well, huh? Yeah, that's in Britain. That's uh, that's always weird to get used to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like any of that shit. I'll stay right here in the U.S. of A. So I've encountered people like in Georgia and Armenia who will drive cars that are intended for like Britain with like the steering wheel on the right side, even though they drive on the same side of the road as Americans do, which seems really unsafe. Yeah, that's extremely unsafe. How the fuck are you going to be able to see like you're you're making a left turn has got to be really dangerous. Oh, yeah. Like um, that's extremely dangerous all the time there. I'm guessing they import them from India, which also drives on the same side of the road the British do. Well, they love they love everything the British do. Like the Brits came over there and they were just like being mean to poor people. We got it. Plus, love those hats. Let's try those. And then in return, England was like, "I like this curry." And they go, "Yeah, national dish, cultural we exchange." We like this tea. We like this tea. Yeah, you know. Getting back to uh, getting back to welcome to hell. One of the themes of the book, Billy, is um, authenticity and uh, kind of like the def uh, you it, kind of your thoughts on it. It's a bit difficult for me to sum up, but uh, you talk about such things as uh, you know the Kiss live album that wasn't really live, and you know other kinds of uh, anecdotes. Can you kind of elaborate a bit more on your on your thoughts on the subject? Sure. I mean. I think that authenticity is something that our parents never considered. Um, maybe outside of like, uh, is this handbag on the street, like authentic in that context? 
Um, authenticity of, of personality. Authenticity is something desirable. I think really um, kind of uh, became an obsession with millennials. I think it kind of started out with Gen Xers um, who had a preference for it, but it wasn't um, a die on the hill kind of thing. But I think millennials have a real obsession over it. And I get it. Um, you're, you're, you know, increasingly growing up in a world that is artificial. Um, pop culture in and of itself is an artificial thing. It's an artificial culture. It's not real. It's being, you know, thought up in boardrooms and laboratories and all that shit. Um, so I think uh, as that kind of increases, you, you grow doubt. You grow doubt with um, the people around you. Like, does your friend wearing a Metallica shirt, do they deserve to be wearing a Metallica shirt? Do, do they know enough about it? Are they a poser? That was the big kind of claim when I was younger. Yeah. Um, but like anything, I mean, it becomes a purity spiral. And at what point do you say, who gives a shit? Who cares? Oh, and oh. there's a balance there. No, you should immediately say who gives a shit and who cares. Because even those claims of uh, wanting authenticity and things like that, it's it, that was also thought up in a fucking boardroom. You know, there were meetings about that Metallica shirt and Metallica's albums and Metallica is this giant corporation uh, and all of that. All of it's fake. You know, that is why capitalism rules so much. Anything that tries to fight against it, capitalism goes, yeah, I can sell that. And it <laughs> rules. The only thing that's real is fucking capitalism. And it's the best. But I think like... I mean, it's going to be like the, um, what is the saying? Like the irresistible force, the movable object. I mean, as capitalism, as capitalism pushes harder and harder, you're going to desire, you're going to desire that authenticity more and more. Nah, capitalism doesn't push. Capitalism is a blob that just slowly seeps. It's, it's more gaseous than anything. And it just, it, it seeps its way in. It's like air. It's a beautiful potpourri that kind of smells bad sometimes, like potpourri. And it just gets into everything. You know, people say they want something authentic, but the only reason they say they want something authentic is because they've been told by Team B that Team A is inauthentic. You know, the, the best times were when every single act, musical act, was on MTV. You remember when, when uh, Eminem hated Britney Spears and they all were still on MTV and it was like WWE? It fucking ruled, man. I, I don't believe in this whole uh, people want authenticity thing. I think people want to tribe up instead. I get what you're saying. I just personally, I don't, I don't think that I don't think that anybody wants actual authenticity. Well, they just want something they can latch on to and shit. Well, the whole, like, I agree with Brian in the sense that the whole concept of authenticity is laughable. Like um, a couple months ago, Pitchfork had that uh, article where like, oh, 10 albums we wish we could re-review because we were <laughs> wrong about them. And one of them was... Uh, Lana Del Rey's, uh, what was it? The the big album she did in 2012. Hipsters hated Lana Del Rey when she was new because she was inauthentic, you know, because living in a living in a shoebox in Brooklyn with your on your dad's money and banging uh banging uh banging sticks on a fucking uh trash can lid was more authentic. And now they're kissing her ass because she's the only one left standing from that subculture. Every all these the other acts that they fawned over on that time are all fucking gone now. Maybe okay. Maybe somebody can explain Pitchfork to me because I just kind of know it's a music website or whatever. Um, 
we wish we could re-review. I just have someone else review it and also, write an article. Also, they used to do that all the time. <laughs> like back in the 90s and 2000s, they would delete reviews that were like, you know, when when taste changed, they would delete reviews to like match with the times. Like that back was. in 97, they gave like a 9.5 out of 10 to uh, a Save Ferris album. They deleted that. What? They gave, yep. Save Ferris rules. <laughs> They, apparently they stopped, about that. they stopped thinking so around 2003 because that's when they deleted the review um they gave an 8.7 out of 10 to uh neutral milk hotels in the aeroplane over the sea and then years ago they changed it to a 10 out of 10 two years later you know they, they've done this with a whole bunch of reviews that so it's really like is. i remember saying at the time when pitchfork announced it's like you've already been changing reviews and re-reviewing shit about telling people why what's stopping you from doing that now just have another guy write an article about it. I, I mean, okay, but what about authenticity in the personal sense? Uh, now, hmm. would you want, I mean, are, are there authentic relationships between men and women? No. And do you desire an authentic relationship? Uh, pretty much all relationships seem to be largely transactional. I don't think that anybody exactly knows this whole idea of like, what am I, who am I type of thing. I, I, don't, I don't believe that, uh, you know, it's a whole big journey of where you're supposed to, you know, I'm a different guy than I was 10 years ago, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, no, okay. no. Okay. Everybody. Uh, okay. Ayn Rand, all relationships are transactional. I, I mean, well. I think a lot of them end up being that, you know, but I don't think that all of them are for, you know, definitely not. Um, uh, go on. I, I don't think that anyone wants to think that the woman they're with is like totally settling for them. Everyone wants to think that they were like actively chosen. And yeah, I think some I, people I, are and some people aren't. And I think everyone wants to believe they are. I know what everyone wants to believe and it's good that they believe it. And it's great. We all get to feel special and all of it. I get that. And I'm not against that part of it, but the raw truth of the matter is that eh, Life's a hard piece of machinery that clunks along, and that's just the way that it is. Uh, you know, if you if you have a few scotches and and you uh, you whip a cigar out and you look at the moon for long enough, you're gonna go, ah, shit. You know, and that's just there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the thing you keep keep to yourself, and we're all supposed to just keep that to ourselves. Like I know what I'm doing, and this is good, and everything around me is fine. Dude, that's what you're supposed to do, because otherwise the whole the whole shindig is up. Uh, uh, so we just, you know, but everybody knows. Every That's why every single person in the entire world, I, a lot of the time goes, I'm a complete fraud. I have no idea what I'm doing. It's the same thing. There's no such thing as authenticity, because people cannot truly communicate with one another, uh, like in a real fucking way. So we just all kind of do what we think we're supposed to do. And that's what's kept us uh, alive and all of that shit for better or worse. So say you are at the supermarket. We're going back to the supermarket. You hit a woman with your cart. You end up having sex with her. You're telling me that that is not like authentic desire. An authentic desire is completely different than like well, an authentic meeting or an authentic, authentic thing. An authentic an desire authentic is instinct. Instinct is to fuck. 
Right. So if you're someone she wants to fuck, I would say that's a good foundation for an authentic relationship. No, I tricked her into it. I ran my shopping cart into her after two assholes <laughs> gave me an idea. <laughs> so you're saying well, what, if, a good what idea. if you came up with the idea organically? Like, just, Well, then I'd be a sociopath and nothing I did would be authentic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such the I thought the Yad stop was the wildest thing I'd ever heard. The shopping cart thing. I that's anytime I see somebody accidentally run their shopping cart to somebody now, I'm gonna just like go over and whisker in the eye guy's ear. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> it's fucking weird. But no, I don't think anything's authentic, man. Uh but that's just me. I mean, everybody's got different fucking stuff that they believe and whatever. I'm just saying, drink it like a half a bottle of bourbon and Go sit outside and stare at the moon alone and then just go, ah, fuck. Smoke cigarettes or something. I think I, I, I think if authenticity was possible, like it's it was killed by the digital age just because everyone to a certain extent who's online has their lives being lives being you know stared into at to some degree. That's where cancel culture comes from. Um, and people probably act differently when they know they're being watched versus when they're, you know, alone or with someone they could trust. So like if, if authenticity was, was possible in the past, it's not possible anymore. Sure. Okay. I mean, fair, fair enough. But I think the desire for authenticity and the obsession on it is, is definitely, you know, definitely something to kind of think about. But you, I mean, but you said that like it, it really started with the, you think it started really with the Gen Xers and the millennials, this desire for authenticity. Okay. Then it's not like a natural fucking desire. It's one that was created uh, and capitalized upon by our friend and the, the mascot of the show, capitalism. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's just, it was a reaction to the increasingly artificial world around people i think like the death of real culture the rise of kind of artificial pop culture that's fair i think I that's mean, the natural reaction you don't want to identify with that you want to identify a superior i think people um uh it's created this kind of uh competition of of identities where everyone needs to one-up each other everyone needs to be you know superior to the other and i don't think that existed before i mean before boomers really I, I think I think guys have kind of always done that though. I mean, competition for, is like I for sure, like competition, masculinity, stuff like that. But not yeah. like um, this, like hipster kind of bullshit. You know, what 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 ended up becoming hipster bullshit? Like, I'm cooler, I'm smarter, I'm more hip. You know, I'm more ironic, I'm more detached. I think all of this stuff kind of blossomed with the you know Gen Xers and really like kind of hit full bloom with the millennials. Yeah, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a, a, an ironic, detached hipster. All right, uh, or you know, I don't care. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> Hipsterism is kind of dead anyway. So I'm a fuck. I, I I'll admit I'm a fucking hipster. I mean, that's just the the, the truth. I was when I was younger. I can't not. I'm I'm I'm, amend, I'm amending your title for the show. You are the world's only comedian, and the world's last hipster. I definitely am the world's last fan of dubstep, so I might be, <laughs> you know. That is definitely true. 
I, I, I want to read this here. Cowboy Rowan said, uh, Ernst Younger talked about this in his essay on pain. Cameras make us reevaluate our actions and change them to maximize plus perfect some aspect of them. So, yeah, you know, but I mean, that's a neat observation, Matt. I didn't really think of it that way. Like, I mean, I guess since everybody is always being like watched sort of with their social media shit, uh, it is making, he's definitely making people act different. I mean, I act like an asshole on the internet. But that's not too much different than what my real life is like. But it is amplified on on the internet because it's a character, really. But you know, I'm wondering how many other people are like doing bits versus like the 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 chicks that are like, I'm on a boat, and it's like they just found they were walking by a dock and took a picture. Well, that there's another thing that uh, this kind of ties back in the whole manosphere PUA thing. Uh, what you know, there, there's a common there was a common uh, attack against people like that, like. Uh, that and that the idea of like, oh, if you're using pickup lines, etc., you're not being authentic, you're not being true to yourself. You need to be true to yourself. But what, what if, if yourself's mean? an asshole? Yeah, what, what does if yourself, that even mean? If yourself uh, is a fucking asshole, then yeah, you are being true to yourself. Well, the, the point I'm getting at is that people don't stay the same. You're not the same person you are now that you were six months ago, a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Life events change you, you know. Things that happen to you, things you do, change you. So there's no there's no fixed identity of who you are at any one given point. Um, and the idea behind what some of these guys were advocating was that, like, yeah, you're always changing. Push the push the changes towards something that would actually benefit you in some fashion. Right, but that's just like Nietzsche. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that that, that that's the point I'm talking about. Like, you know. With regards to authenticity, it's like it goes back to what you were saying. There's no such thing as authenticity in terms of like of pure authenticity. We're all constant. We're all constantly changing, and you can choose to direct that change in different directions. I mean, or I mean, you I could think uh, the, be a dick on the internet. <laughs> I think the being yourself line was more about like not putting on a false front, like, like, um, pickup would, you know, advise if pickup advises to do whatever works, right. Pickup advises that, uh, you know, sexuality like that is amoral, you know, so whatever works is, is the right thing to do. Um, and I think the, the pushback against that was just like, don't, don't, don't put on a false self. Um, I mean, like the, the market's, meant to like maximize female you know freedom female choice they want to like kind of keep the market for women to like make the you know what whatever choices are best for them wow so that's, i think that that's called the I pussy gap the, and it's been real wide for a long fucking time pay gap kiss my ass that's a myth the pussy gap is fucking real so to keep women the selectors i think they want yeah. men to like as you know as, as much as possible just like kind of put themselves out there and just, you know, no, you know, no, no male sexual strategy, all female sexual strategy. Well, their strategy just being a hoe. Like <laughs> I've seen there's a Reddit, there's a subreddit, it's uh, uh, female dating tips or female dating advice, something like that. First of all, it's hilarious because it's a lot of ugly pigs uh, that can't get fucking laid, but it's definitely funny. Female dating advice would be number one, lose weight. Dude, they, no, it's because you're perfect just the way you are, you fucking sloppy pig. 
You know, it uh, it it fucking rules. But I, you know, I, the, the pussy gap's fucking real, man. Women don't understand how good they have it in the fact that like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter how fat you are. At least there's like black guys. You know, you can get laid. There's some guys out there. Not a chance, dude. Doesn't matter. They're pff, nothing that they could do about it. Then there's the whole incel people. And a lot of them are just like spaz guys that wouldn't, wouldn't get laid anyway. Well, I mean, there is a, there was that chart going around showing that male virginity took like a huge rise in 2008, which is coincidentally when the iPhone around the time the oh, iPhone came out back to the iPhone. So do you guys think fem cells are real or are fem cells not real? Fem cells are destroying the goddamn world. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, agree with, I agree with Bronze H. Perver on this. Fem cells are the reason why we have Dr. Fauci. I don't know anything about that, but uh, at least I know there's somebody to blame. Uh, and at least it's women. I was going to blame Jewish men. Well, thank God it'll just be women. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm I'm team fellas, dudes rock before anything else. So uh. now, fem cells creating Dr. Fauci is he just talking about the older, like aged out of the market, or because I mean, when I refer to fem cell, I mean like net, like forever virgin, like never, never been laid, never, never will be laid. Is that a real thing? Well, for incel, women? well, incel and virgin aren't necessarily synonymous. Incel just means involuntarily celibate. So, like, say, like you know. If a guy got like a handy tw 20 years ago, but hasn't got anything since, like he's an incel. He's not a virgin, right. but he's an incel. Sure. Like these fem cells, like in their 30s and up, are angry and upset because they either can't get into a relationship or they can't get in a relationship with uh, the kind of man they want. Like they've, they're in this, they're in this cycle of like dating men who are increasingly pathetic and as sad as they are. Um, and they all launched onto what happened in the past couple of years to give meaning to their lives. You know, it allows them to imagine that they're doing something good for the world. You know, they're doing something good for the world by strapping on a on a on a cock mask. <laughs> I think um, I don't I don't see it exactly that way. Um, I I think these women are. Um, I think the, the problem with the sexual marketplace that we've, you know, been discussing kind of has trickled down to these older women in their like mid forties being able to fuck dudes in their like late twenties, even, um, and just, just sex. I kind of compared it to a gas station. Um, so it's like, just, just sex, like in and out, like fast food, but that's where you, that's where you meet those types of women is, is at gas stations or at in and out. Or or Bumble or or Tinder, but um, I think I think the anger is like if you want to if you want to consider them fem cells because they can't get a relationship, uh, I'm willing to do that. But they're not like celibate. It's not like an incel who like may as well be fucking dead. You know. I got a I got a real question here about the about the whole incel thing. These guys are also broke, right? No, no, not always. Okay, this doesn't make sense to me. I've never bought a hooker, right? But, you know, especially in my 20s, that's definitely something I would have done. Like, what's the thing with hookers? Sorry to talk about you. The thing with incels is that, like, it's not just about sex. It's that they want someone who actually cares about them and loves them and it's attracted to them. 
Well, know. they don't even have any friends, though. I mean, like, you're just a spaz. So, like, why don't you quit being a spaz and then maybe fucking it'd be fine. Well, even if you're even if you're not a total spaz, it's a lot more difficult than it was, you know, ten years ago. I mean, I'm a spaz, other... and I, I've got a fucking girlfriend that I've had for years. You're a comedian. Yeah, it's great. You're also funny. Yeah, I'm and also you're, you know, you didn't grow up. Everyone in this conversation can remember the age before social media. Yeah, yeah. So yep. we were socialized normally, somewhat normally. No, nah, I'm not sure getting beat up in school was normal fucking socialization. <laughs> I don't know. Um, luckily, people stopped beating me up when I became an adult. But, you know. Matt, are you aware of the delicious tacos definition of incel? Um, I'm, I probably am, but could you refresh me? So, and, I, and I'm, I'm with him on this. So... If you got laid before you turned 18, you are not an incel. If you did not get laid before you turned 18, you're an incel for life. Because you're always going to have that anxiety, no matter what comes next. Oh, that's, Which yeah, is why, that's like, a, that's, that's a, yeah, I've heard that and I agree with it, yeah. Okay, but I, like, got, I, I got laid when I was 18. That was the first time. Wow. So what I am mean, I? We got we to gotta look at, like, what... Days before your birthday? On your birthday? After? Was that like no, your no, 18th no. birthday I, present? No, no, no. I was eight. I was eighteen. I don't know how when it was. I I didn't write it down. But it's close. Cutting it close. I you know I don't know. I, I just listen. I used to be less fat in the face. Um, and I used to be a handsome man. I used to, you know I didn't go around and bang everything that moves, but it was never a a a, a big thing. I wasn't like, I mean, oh, you, oh, what if I don't, what if I don't fuck? <laughs> like that was not. And I think that's, if that's, if you develop that anxiety, if it goes that way, then I think it's tough to shake, you know? And I think you, then you're an incel. But then you just fucking, why don't you just quit being a spaz, find a girl. And then you go, okay, good. I like you. You like me. This is great. We'll stick together. And then there you go. And you just go off into your life. Like it's not a hard think, fucking. It's not a big. It's not even an accomplishment. Every I person that, does this. <laughs> well, not every person, but I think that anger is tough to. I think it's tough to shake. I really I'm do. Pissed as, I'm pissed as shit about all kinds of stuff, but not that. I, it's just a <laughs> weird one. I just. I don't know. I don't buy this whole thing. We're like, ah, ah, sex is what makes the whole fucking brain motivate and all of this. I'm like, ah, it's death anxiety. So you don't believe like the two most important things of the human experience are sex and death? No, I think it's death and sex. I think death is the most important thing that we all get to do. But I think it's a very anxiety-driven thing. The whole reason people want to have sex even to begin with is, I want to, I want to procreate. I need to keep my legacy going. This is, oh, I got to do something, accomplish something. This is, that's all death anxiety, man. Death is the most important fucking motivator of, of anything. Death anxiety. Well, so you agree, well, you at least agree with me that those are the most important motivations. You just swap yeah. the order. Yeah, I think death is, death is the, and like death reminders and things are the most important motivator. But a big part of that is banging. So, yeah. Which actually does go back to the whole manosphere shit because like all those PUA guys said like the number two motivations for like, you know, humanity were survival and reproduction, which is just a nicer way of saying sex and death. <laughs> yeah. I mean, These guys were a bunch of fucking nerds now that they think about it. Well, hey, at least they assaulted women. 
you know. <laughs> just, oops, sorry. You want to bang? Ugh! Ugh! How are your ankles, bitch? And, you know, as equally as cringe, I mean, the PUA stuff is cringe, but, like, those masculinity accounts on Twitter, <laughs> yeah, like, holy me. shit. Like, um, I saw one today. I retweeted it. It was like, me, 12 eggs in the morning. You, a donut in Starbucks. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, no one's getting any, like, anything from that, anything of value. People well, liking that are just, like, kind of, like, LARPing. Maybe or like they already do the right things and they want to just kind of like feel good about it. Well, like no. the, the whole masculinity thing has been such you. become such a jerk off. You 12 eggs in the morning. Me nothing. <laughs> you really shouldn't eat breakfast, or at least just have a small breakfast, man. You shouldn't eat 12 fucking eggs. That's like three omelets. Like, no, it's four omelets. Like, I think they were raw, to be fair. You were lifting or whatever, like I could see that, but like every day, like nah, I'm not a fan of breakfast food. Period. So, it's still, it's a lot of eggs, and the price of eggs is going up and up and up. Okay, you have to be rich, you know. Like that's what are you doing? Yeah, they're pretty much they're pretty flat here, you know, but which is a good thing. It's, I get pretty I, good eggs at Whole Foods, and they're they're cheap. Okay. I really like the okay. Amazon Whole Foods. Nah, hold the phone. Matt, kick this guy off the show. He's a fucking liar. Oh, you said Whole Foods and cheap without the word not in the middle of that fucking thing. <laughs> I think since is, Amazon that, took a... No, I think that, Amazon... All right, all right. Now, nah, that, that, that store is nicknamed Whole Paycheck for a reason. All right, that's you're you're so full of shit. My I got eggs the Amazon are three dollars and fifty cents, and they are pasture raised. That's who gives a fuck who if a pastor raised them, and they I don't care if they read the fucking Bible. Three fifty <laughs> for a bottle, you know that's too many. That's too much for eggs. How much do you get your eggs for, dude? I it's fucking it was like two eighteen, and I'm complaining. It <laughs> used to be 18, 18 eggs for like a dollar nine. Good deal. I know that's what I said. Fucking oh, I got a Whole Foods. Me and all the stinky bitches with the uh, potpourri fucking patchouli dreadlocks. Yeah, we get our uh, fucking Louis Pasteur fucking eggs, and uh, I drink raw milk and eat olives from the olive bar. <laughs> what you invest in Pfizer five years ago? Fuck you. What is this Whole Foods shit? I go to Whole Foods every now and then. Because there's a couple like specific vegetarian shit that I want, and it's a treat. Because I'm not retarded enough to go. Time for me to go shopping. Whole Foods, it is. Trader Joe's different. Trader Joe's relatively cheap, but Whole Foods, bullshit. That's that's like that's you and Tom Cruise shop at the same fucking grocery store. <laughs> I think it's worth reinvestigating after Amazon took over. That's all I'm gonna say. I, I know you get a 10% discount. I think you'd discount. be pleasantly surprised. You get you get a 10% discount. I know I do that too. But the thing is, you know how much a slice of fucking deli pizza over there is? $3.79 for a slice of pizza? That's almost a whole Domino's pizza, man. Fuck that. It's not even that good. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a uh, supermarket chain I used to shop at in Chicago called Jewel Osco where you get like massive oven pizzas that were like, you know, 
four for like 10 bucks or something. There you go. See that this is why you're going to go broke. You know what? Your name, your name should be bad with money. Billy Pratt. <laughs> you have no idea, man. <laughs> you're not wrong. Fucking three fifty for eggs. What a steal. Well, like, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Mexican whole foods has like, you know, a dozen eggs for like a uh, dollar 50. So. Yeah, but they've got a few chickens in the back. They just go grab them from. <laughs> no, yeah. Trader, yeah. I remember Whole Foods being expensive, but again, I haven't been in the States for, for a while. Um, Trader Joe's I like because it's the one supermarket I don't get lost in. Yeah, because it's yeah. like three aisles. Yeah. Uh, usually when I go to the store, it's usually, usually me pottering around in circles for an hour trying to find shit. Or when I first visit a new country, just wandering around in awe of all the things I can buy. Well, that is cool. That I, I, I can get on board with. That would be cool. Like when, Erica and I went to this uh, Asian market the other day, and uh, I just became frustrated that they had a different language than me, and I didn't know what the fuck anything was, but she bought some stuff, you know. I was just looking for, like, you know, Asian candy, and they were, I couldn't find any, because it was like, they had Pop Rocks, but they were, like, spicy Pop Rocks, and I'm like, I don't fucking want spicy-ass Pop Rocks. No, they didn't have anything good, and I like those one sodas that they got, uh, that, that they didn't have there. Where you know you push down on it and it's got the the marble in it. Oh yeah, those. Yeah, I like those. You know, um, but yeah, they didn't have any of that cool stuff. Like, and I, like we were in there for so long because she's just fucking puttering around. I wanted so bad to just start going, ding 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 ding. Like, but you can't do that. Everybody in there is Asian. I mean, if I was gonna get COVID, that would I'm getting I'm getting it from fucking there. But there was this big fat white guy in there. I heard him speaking goddamn some type of weird language to people. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, he probably I, we could have been steam friends. Speaking of, speaking of candy, call back to the yeah. last show, Bryden. Last Jolly month. Ranchers. I love Jolly Ranchers. Demonstration you time. You gonna just chew them? I hope you break your fucking teeth. <laughs> I really do. I hope that you have to go to a Mexican dentist and they put gold chompers in your ass. <laughs> Demonstration time. This is fucking stupid. Yeah, uh, Billy, he eats, he eats everything like a jackass. Like I love candy. His- I, 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 could, I could talk about candy. Like we should have a whole podcast on candy. I like candy so much. So I get it. Oh, hey, guess what? Those aren't actual Jolly Ranchers. They're Chewy Jolly Ranchers, dipshit. Great. Sign me up. <laughs> you guys like black licorice? No. What? Licorice is okay. <laughs> Come on. So, Matt, I have a project that I want to drop on Terror House next year. Yeah, talk about and, that. Yeah, you got to run, thought... run it through me first. No, you don't. I figured we'd talk about it. So... Um, for a really long time, I've wanted to edit a collection of essays by other people. Um, and I think pop culture is this sweet spot, especially on, you know, if you want to kind of say, quote unquote, our side of the Internet. Um, I think that people have a lot of very smart things to say. I think people are uh, kind of very um, aware of the shortcomings of the stuff that they used to like. I mean, isn't that what like getting red pilled is? Like you used to like stuff and now you know it's not good for you. So I think a lot of um, 
people have like a complicated relationship with those, you know, those pop pop, pop culture artifacts, be it music, Star Wars, comic books, wrestling, like, I mean, the list is kind of endless. Okay, one, wrestling is fucking awesome. But uh, a question for you, you might want to take into consideration with this. I think that like stuff you liked when you were a kid and then you stopped liking and then you start liking again as an adult is like still like I, I, I thought I was too cool for Slipknot for, you know, many years <laughs> of my life. And that's not true at all. Slipknot fucking rules, dude. That band rules. Like, I love Slipknot. But for, you know, my my, my early to mid 20s, I was like, yeah, but, you know, I don't like Slipknot. Yeah, Slipknot rules. Uh, Slipknot's awesome. I'm not really in the age demo for Slipknot. That was like a little bit after my time. Okay, but... uh, so Cold Chamber. <laughs> no, not Cold Chamber. Cold Chamber rules. Um, I, I was never into new metal. I was too cool, even like as it was happening, I was too cool for it. Ugh. But you should embrace new metal now. Linkin Park, an incredible band. <laughs> so... Listen, I've become so numb. I can't. I, 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 I can't hear what you're saying. Brian is going to be talking, praising Nickelback next. I, I do that much. <laughs> Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh or whatever. And that's the song that they have. And then they got the one where they're like drug dealing something. They all sound the same. I, I'm not a Nickelback guy, but I could be. I could be. But I'm sorry. Go on. Explain your idea to me. The head of Terror House. Um, I think people have a, a complicated relationship. I think you could kind of tap into that childhood fascination with something and then kind of, you know, give some commentary on how you're feeling about it now. I, I got a great piece on um, a writer who grew up loving vampires. Really, really good piece. And like, I mean, I guess this this writer is around my age because I had a lot of those same experiences going ah. to the mom and pop video store. Bringing he, likes home vampire. My... he likes vampires. He's around the same age as you. A thousand? <laughs> that was good. That was a good one. Um, but yeah, and now it's like he looks back at the end of it and he said, have I wasted my time? Is this like pursuing fantasy? Is this indulgent? Is it too indulgent? And that's the kind of stuff I want. Like, I want reflection. I want nostalgia. No. So I'm really looking for personal essays that people can kind of, like, really talk about what they've been passionate about. But you realize, but you realize that, like, that's not, like, actual any type of real reflection. As much as that's just, like, a sadness and, like, a feeling of uh, kind of cringe about, like, oh, I was really into this gay shit or whatever. Like, oh, was I indulging in fantasy? Was it this or that? No, dude, you said a dumb hobby that you're not into anymore. It all just kind of ran its course. Like, I, you know, d- dude, I used to wear trip pants. You're not, I'm not going to wear trip pants. Because Do you, you want to write an essay about it? About trip pants? About how I won't wear trip pants because I'm not in the sixth <laughs> grade anymore? Yeah, it'd be a pretty short essay. It'd be like, I used to wear trip pants when they were popular in the sixth grade. Now I am 34, and that is not appropriate office attire. Like, <laughs> also, you're too fat to fit in them. Oh, that's pretty good, Matt. Damn. Well, I'll say this. Um, interest has been really high. I've gotten like probably over 100 DMs. Um, very interested. So... I'll extend this to anyone who's listening. If you want to write an essay, 
It could be academic. It could be a personal narrative, a reflection. I'm really open to practically anything. If you are interested in writing for this project on pop culture, shoot me a DM on Twitter. I am at Kill to Party. And I'm willing to read anything from anyone. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I want the, the collection to be awesome, like uh, cover to cover. I really am looking for high quality stuff. People are going to start sending you pornography now with that <laughs> invitation. But yeah, it's going to be a great project. Well, you, know, you know who I want to get? I want to get, um, I don't even know how to say her fucking name. I want to get Ella. Is it Ella? Aya? A-E-L-L-A? How do you say that? Who, who is she? She's the OnlyFans girl. She's like the oh, famous OnlyFans her. girl who thinks she's like brilliant. I want to get her to review a classic porn. That's like my idea for Ella. That would be awesome. It's time to start. Like a, like a Debbie Does Dallas, like a Devil and Miss Jones or something. I think it would be fun. <laughs> that would that would be that would be great. Um, I like the, I like the joke that the Devil and Miss Jones is one of my favorite movies because I love happy endings. <laughs> a joke that goes over the heads of a lot of people, but uh, yeah, this book is going to be great. It's going to be out uh, sometime next year. Terror House. Um, send your submissions to Billy. I'll almost certainly be appearing in it uh along with a bunch of other names oh uh, i'll write something all right so it'll be good all right something i'll be like on trip pants i you know no i'm gonna write about how like i used to have a small penis and then now like i have a giant penis well <laughs> you should probably you know save that secret and use it to make uh like millions of dollars what, what <laughs> dude hold on selling a book to kids about like how to hit puberty early <laughs> oh i didn't get the joke i thought you were like i i know i know too much about uh supposed penis lengthening uh jelking is it jelking that's one oh, of them. when you tie weights to it yeah yeah is that no, is no. that a real thing i mean no, like no, i've no. seen like the joking is not when you tie weights to joking is like you kind of do like a jerk-off motion to force blood into the head <laughs> of the penis. And apparently if you do this over time, you'll gain like a tenth of an inch or some shit. But there's some really gross shit. Like there's like dudes who will get there's – a, there's a ligament that holds your penis in place when you get an erection. You can have that surgically cut, and that causes your penis to slack and forth by like an inch. But Dude, at the rules. same time – But at the same time, it makes it very difficult to actually maintain an erection. Because yeah, that ligament's you... like what keeps your penis from flopping all over. It's nah, the nah, bone nah. and boner. Yeah. Nah, dude, you, <laughs> you, you just pop some fucking blue chew, and then you know it's fine. I think well, that rules. Oh sure, you'll yeah, you can get blood into your dick after that point, but like your dick will be going all over the place. Yeah, like porn stars not... will do this shit. It's like so their dicks look bigger on camera, but I can't imagine. I can't imagine it's that pleasurable to have sex with one of those if you're a woman. I okay. I'm sorry. Think about what you just said. Who gives a fuck? I mean, the whole, the whole thing is like, look at how big. If I can, Plus, I've, seen, sir, I've seen surgery pictures. The dicks look deformed. There's one dude whose dick looked like a rhombus. I, I don't know what the rhombus is, but you know, that's a shape, right? Yeah, it's like it's it's basically like this, oh. like like a rectangle, but with like at an angle. It's yeah, really whatever. weird looking. Yeah, whatever. Who gives a shit? How's she gonna look? How's she gonna look at it when I'm just in her eyes? <laughs> give a fuck. I want mine to look like a loaf of bread. Like that would just that would rule. 
I'd love to just come home one day and just be like, Erica, you're never going to guess what. You know, that would be great. Like a freak dick, dude. I would love that. Can't even wear pants anymore. Then you can, then you get like, uh, you know, little beads inserted underneath the skin for the extra Franken, the extra Franken dick look. I, I, I know that that's a thing. And that is, that's a thing they do in Cuba and Haiti. Is that common over there? It's just like a BME thing here. It's a it's a it's common enough that there's writing about it, like academic writing about it. Well, I mean, what like are we talking academic like Kendi or academic like you know, rant? like stuff that you'll find on PubMed. I, I I don't I listen. All I'm saying is, if you want to turn your dick into a torture device, I think we let the market decide. <laughs> You know, it's like um, it's like I've been reading a lot of papers recently about uh, about uh, dick injuries. Just off the street, he just reads them. Like the like the like the guy in Nepal who shoved his dick into a uh, plastic water bottle and had to have surgery remove it. Oh, did you hear about the guy in Nalinan? What? Oh, and the guy in uh, Naringa? No, I didn't. In George? No. Come on. <laughs> Ah, it's Beatles. It's the Beatles, man. The oh, okay. Paul, the Lennon, the Ringo, and the George. I didn't think that I'd have to go farther than the Lennon, but you know that's fine. <laughs> Not a Beatles fan, actually. I hate the Beatles. You guys like the Beatles? Yeah, they're a good band. I'm indifferent. So, like a few of their songs are good, but I think they're just overhyped. Well, I mean, they were a huge band at the time. I mean, they're they're uh, you know they're a good band. Uh, like, and I think it's like this small brain crap when people were like, and the Beach Boys were so much better. And it's like, okay, the Beach Boys are also fucking incredible. Like, I don't know. Like, I, you don't have to pick a team here. It's not like it's Slipknot versus Mushroom Head. Come yeah, on. I'm more, I'm Team Velvet Underground. They were the best band of the 60s. Completely, completely different type of music. Yeah, better uh, type of music. Heroin is, uh, heroin makes some good shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, heroin's a heroin's a better drug than whatever those fucking hippies were on. Pot and acid. Yeah, pot and acid. Actually, I remember watching a, a documentary on the Velvet Underground saying that like uh, nobody in New York did acid because like New York is so fucking ugly that acid is not fun. So they all did <laughs> heroin and cocaine instead. Huh. Well, listen, I, I I I don't know how to rank all of these drugs. I've had fun times and bad times on all of them. Uh, also, I haven't done drugs for so long. I'm just so old. I that stinks. I hate it. I used to be like, oh, woo, I'm fucking high. Now I'm like, oh, wow, I'm fucking tired. You know, <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm the doors the, like the doors the, aren't the, on a good '60s band. Sorry, Billy, just wanted to get that out there. Doors rule. No, I'm just surprised that like now that we have the older boomers, kind of like completely irrelevant, if not dead. Um. I would think younger boomers and older Gen Xers would have replaced the Velvet Underground with the Beatles in, in as far as that like kind of rock and roll supremacy, like number one band of all time. I mean, like I think the Velvets definitely inspired more music that we like still hear today rather than like the actual Beatles sound. But like and maybe I'm maybe I'm completely just not a part of any because like I I don't know. Uh it's just not typically the type of music that I listen to, but like all of it is just good to me. 
Like, I think it's all just good. I think it's good music. Um, I don't turn it off the radio. And that's my judgment of if something is good. If I hear it and I don't immediately want to turn it off, which uh, most of the new rap, I, I like, I try to give it a try. Like, I like the baby. The baby's great. Uh, but a lot of it's Brian's terrible. jamming to Megan the Stallion. I don't like her, dude. She raps too much about sucking dicks and stuff. And like, I can't see myself doing that. Like, <laughs> You know, she's just, she's got a great flow. She's very talented, but she's like, she's just way more. She's like, and I like a big penis with a big, a little slight curve. And I'm like, I don't, you know, we can't, I, I can't jive with her on any of that. But the baby, you know, he's like, you know, uh, I, I, I turn into a convertible and I'm like, me too. You know, <laughs> I can't do it. Shane Gillis has a whole bit about how, uh, you know, you can't uh, as a white guy, you can't really relate to rap music, but white guys, every country song is just what a white guy is doing at that time. <laughs> I turn the radio up. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, I can't I can't relate to a lot of the female rappers like Lil' Kim. I get it. Don't like, it. you know, my lick my uh, my neck, my back, like my pussy and my crack. I don't really, you know, you don't like to to bad baby. No, she's also getting better, but terrible. She's not great. Uh, and she's, uh, God, she's just, she's just so unfortunate looking now. It's a shame. She's really been trying, but I, I mean, fuck, she's, at least I'm doing no, she's I, 18. She's 18 now, right? Yeah. But like, I mean, she's also like a multimillionaire. Like she's doing great. Um, yeah. Just some young, Jew, you know, Jewish chick. And, and I wish you the best of luck. She's obviously she's smarter Jewish? than Jewish. I thought she was Italian. No common mistake though. No, <laughs> she's Jewish. Uh, That's a genuine shock because, like, everyone knows her from the whole "cash me outside" thing on right. on Doctor Phil, and I just assumed that she was like some poor white trash. No, 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 not at all. Just a, uh, just a wigger. Uh, she, uh, yeah. I think I think the term here would be uh, I don't know I J plus. I I don't know if I can J- say uh, that a, here. A jigger. No, no. Okay, because, good. You said it for me, so because I that no, be that's too, trouble. That's too close, like Jay Z, because that'd be like the jigger. You don't know anything about rap. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a white man. I'm white as I'm, I'm white. So I've said the n word way more than any black man ever has, though. <laughs> I swear to God, I love saying it. It's my favorite word. As soon as I, I want everybody listening to the podcast, no, as soon as we aren't live anymore, I'm going to just start saying it. Matt, do I not just start saying it immediately? Yes. Like almost do. every time. Like a, like a, like a, like you've got Tourette's. Oh my God. Tourette's that you can suppress for about an hour and a half every week. It's true. I mean, you get me in a car or you turn on a, a, a rap beat. Dude. Good God. It just happens. It just happens. It's the best word. It's my favorite word in the whole world. I, you were talking about you wanted to edit a bunch of essays. I was thinking when you were saying that, I was like, I want to do that too, except I want to edit one letter out of six essays and just spell the N-word. <laughs> and blame all of those authors. Be like, they signed on to the project. Clearly, they endorsed this. I don't That's, know. If you that, made a better word, if you made a better word that offended more people, I'd start saying that one instead. I, I can I can think of a I can think of something, but 
guys, it's been a pleasure, but I do have to, um, I do have to start getting ready for bed as I get up very early. Uh, early to bed. Well, we can wrap the show up now. I think we've covered everything. Unless there's something else you want to bring up, Billy, quickly. Ah, uh, no. I'm just, um, you know, I'm just pumped to get to get uh, essays and working with people. So, you know, don't be shy and reach out if you're interested yeah. in in contributing. Yeah, if you oh, want to I had a quick question. That co- I know you didn't do the album or the cover art, but that's Casey Anthony, right? That is Casey Anthony on okay. the cover. And that I, I mean, I cannot thank Matt Lawrence enough for that awesome cover. Yeah, Matt is, is, I mean, I say it on every podcast I've been on so far. He is the absolute best uh, book cover artist in our sphere. He's absolutely awesome. Like I just flipped through the Terror House catalog and his work is really, really beautiful. So Matt, I have to thank again for a beautiful, beautiful cover. There yeah, you go. Uh, hands. But yeah, yeah, there, there's the cover of Welcome to Hell, which you can buy now from uh, uh, Terror House Press. Um, link is in the description. It's on our website. It's on Amazon. It's on Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can walk into your local bookstore and order it. Um, you can do that. That's a thing you can do. Um, it's a great book. Go check it out. And stay tuned for the essay collection coming next uh, next year. You know, If you have something you'd like to contribute, of course, you know how to head up uh, – you know, Billy on Twitter. Uh, Billy, is there anything else you'd like to plug before we go? No, just um, killtoparty.com. I'm on Twitter at killtoparty. And hey, buy my book. There you go. Uh, Brian, anything you want to plug? Uh, I want to plug, let's just do in another 20 minutes of this episode. All right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, Billy, you got to come back because I, I, I like you. I, I like arguing oh, thanks with so you. Much. Uh, we'll arrange that in the future. Yeah. Well, no, Billy will now be the fourth mic on this because I told you we got to have the Beckloff be the. We're going to be doing a Rakita Law style thing with 36 assholes on here, and it'll be good. It'll be like the Brady Bunch or CNN. It's going to rule. It'll be like it'll be like the early days of Gamergate where everyone was doing live streams with like 10 people on talking over each other. <laughs> and it'll be great because as soon as we get so many people on here, I'll just leave quietly and never return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, go check out Brian on D Live. Uh, link is in the description, and all of his other stuff is in the description. Um, Twitter is uh, what world's only comic, um, yeah. and of course, my website is mattforney.com. Um, let's just end it. Go check out terrorhousepress.com, terrorhousemag.com. You know, terrorhouseradio.com for all episodes, social media links in the description. Show is introduced. The show is presented by Kachi Dick, music by Zero Pulse, illegitimate on cover random, not the bastard grind you down. I'm Matt Forney with Ryden Proctor and Bad Billy Pratt, and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>